You ever brushed brushed mm. elbows with some rich people? You ever have rich friends growing up or anything? Get invited somewhere where you were clearly the uh, middle to lower class guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I went to a party, a holiday party. How many people did you kill? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Netflix Book Club podcast. I'm Mike Tui, joined always with... Hey, I'm Dennis Rooney, everybody. Dennis Rooney's here. The talented here. Dennis Rooney. Mike Tui's here. It's the Netflix Book Club podcast. Your favorite comedy movie club podcast don't, don't call it a review don't call it a review baby it's not a review it's We've not a movie review years. we're just poking fun at these films just watching movies having a good little time you know when i was in a bushwick backyard all those years ago and they said what do you like to do i said i like to watch movies and talk about them with my friends wait a second that sounds like a podcast i think we have something here stand-up comedians Talking about movies that are uh, accessible to almost everyone on the planet? Here it is, folks. The first of its kind. Yes. How are you doing, Mike? <laughs> I'm good. Do we know what number episode this is? Oh, this is 120, I believe. Oh, nice. I believe it was 120. Good. I've been glad. on board now for a little while, Mike. Yeah, this is over 20. You get a five. You get a gold watch now. A gold watch. A gold watch <laughs> for doing 20 episodes of this podcast with me. Oh, man. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. How do you feel about the podcast as of recently? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's get to the movie. <laughs> Mike's like, I enjoy the front end and back end clips very much. I like when you do the uh, the clips at the the back end. I missed a back end clip, and you were on me like white on rice. Because you woke me up from my sleep. It happened to be an episode where, for some reason, I said at some point. Yeah, you made reference to. Oh, be you sure could... to check out that clip at the end. And then I did because I not only do I produce and perform on this podcast. Yeah. I also take it in. Your production level, by the way. I also listen. Through the roof. You are. <laughs> I also listen back to it. And, and I've, I listened, and you said, go to the end. Check out the clip. And I did. No clip. Big letdown. Oof. Big letdown. That music cut out. How many times did you rewind before you were like, I, I don't think it's my computer or yeah, phone. I, think I, thought it's, it, I thought it was the app. You thought it was something was wrong, right? Yes, I did. You ready to call SoundCloud? Be like, you gonna cut me off for five <laughs> seconds left? <laughs> Where's my end clip? Yeah. No, I had fucked it up. I had uh, I had clipped something out, and uh, I thought I had copied and pasted it onto the end. That's the very last thing I do before I export. The classic copy and paste, and you forget to paste. Low copy and paste error. I don't think... We've you're all not had those. Yeah, you're not the first. No, I'm not the first. Maybe the last. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe we'll eradicate the whole copy and paste. Did a little bit of a throwback this week. This movie I had seen or slept through many years ago. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't able to have, like, I didn't recall many of these scenes, but I kind of knew uh, vaguely that I didn't like it. I vaguely knew the story, but I had never watched it. But oh, okay. I definitely watched moments on, like, HBO as a youth. Gotcha. You know those movies where it's like, I've never seen it, but I kind of I know the storyline? Sure. Yeah. Many movies like that. This was one of them. We watched uh, this week for episode 120. The Talented Mr. Ripley. 1999 was the year. 1958 is the setting. Nice. Con artist Tom Ripley charms his way into the lavish life of a charismatic heir and takes drastic measures to keep his lies from catching up with him. Drastic measures. That's one way to put it. And his lies. Oh, boy. He's a good liar, though. Lies about everything. He's an excellent liar. He's lying to himself. Lying to himself. Lying to uh, those around him. Uh... 
directed by Anthony Mangella. Okay. Can't say I'm familiar with most of his other works. Nope. I think this was his big nut, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, based on a book, I did a little bit of research. Yeah. There's a couple other books. Based on a book, he's an anti-hero. Our main character, Tom Ripley, played by Matt Damon. A young Matt Damon. Anti-hero, right, because he's a bad guy, but he is the main guy. He's a bad guy, but he is our protagonist, but he's you kind of root for him. Right, he's a villainous protagonist. Yeah, villainous protagonist. And uh, <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, baby. The movie, there it I'll is. I'll give this to the movie. It starts right away. You know what I mean? Like, yep. where, like the foundation is set by the time the opening credits finish. Yep. He's at a wedding. He's performing at a wedding, just like doing some, you know, he's playing the piano with some ladies singing a hired gun, a hired performer. But he borrowed a jacket right beforehand and it's off to the races. Now, this person thinks he went to Harvard, I believe it was. And he just rides that lie. This father offers him a thousand dollars, which a thousand dollars in 1958. What's that got to be nowadays? 10k? Mm, got to be pretty good. Got to be pretty close to 10k, right? Maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. It's, I think it would. I be don't more. know for sure. Because you think 1958, everything costs like a nickel. You know, at parts of this movie, I kind of forgot that it was supposed to be 1958. When I started it, I was surprised to find out it was so long ago. I had it in my head that this was set in like the 80s. In the early on, there's the cars, and that's mm -hmm. the dead giveaway. Oh, it's these yeah. beautiful Cadillacs from the, the 50s. Cars are always the main yeah. time indicator yep. in any movie. 100%. Yeah. But then they go to Italy for most of the film. Right. And so, like, maybe there's less indicating factors to me what the difference is in decades because we're in a different country altogether. If I saw a movie now set in Italy and it was all older cars, I wouldn't think anything of it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's, that's how they do it in Italy. They almost, got cars, yeah, right, you know? almost. You're it's like, like Cuba. Yeah, you wouldn't know enough things. Like, no, the stop signs haven't looked like that in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like, right. yeah, but I'm not from Italy. I don't know that. Sure. Um, so I thought that that was a little bit, the, the time thing kind of gets lost when you get to Italy. Also because the guy, um, no, Ripley is Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. But he goes after uh, Jude Law. Dickie. He's the heir. Dickie Greenleaf? Greenleaf. Dickie Greenleaf. So he's yeah. the one who has all the money, whose father is trying to get... Of the Greenleaf Empire. Right, to get him to come back to the States. Shipping magnate. So he's living a life that is so lavish. They're doing these mm -hmm. crazy activities that it doesn't feel like you're in the 50s. Right, right. It just feels like you're with rich people. Right, because like, this guy's doing everything. Yeah, if Sailboats. you're with rich people like that, it does still feel old-timey, old I think. Today, even by today's even by standards. Today, if I was with rich right. people in Europe, I bet I'd be like, are we in the 50s? Right. Oh, yeah. On? All of a sudden, there's yeah. white gloves and ash cots, and you're like, yeah. what year is this? If you're sailboating, I just assume you have an <laughs> old aesthetic. Right. Like, you know they got engines on these things now. Yeah. Or you're a con artist. Yeah, or a con artist. Yeah. I don't know why I feel that way. Sailboats and con art, that goes together. It goes together? You gonna... ever been on a sailboat? Yeah, I've been on a couple Can of sailboats. Can you sail a little bit? I'm not without someone who knows what the hell right. to do you can take orders oh yeah okay and that is it's funny you say that that's what being on a sailboat is just taking orders yeah one guy who knows how to do it grab the thing pull that, pull that spin the other thing get yeah. on this side everyone shift to the one side of the boat i wouldn't like that i'd be like you invited me out here for a leisureful day <laughs> you got me running around this fucking sailboat that reminds me <laughs> reminds me of a bit you have that you do on stage is it uh just the attitude uh you talk about that you kind of look like a cop and, like, you couldn't be a cop because most cops would fight over the crime scene. Right. The jurisdiction, but not Dennis. Dennis goes. <laughs> this Go is ahead, my finish the bit. This is my crime scene. <laughs> this is my crime scene. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, this is my day off. Yeah, but Dennis would be like, yep. Oh. 
it's yours. Yeah, Take it's it. your thing. Go ahead, man. You fucking <laughs> it's your, stern you, the bow. Yeah, it's your damn sailboat, buddy. Yeah, it's your fucking sailboat. I thought you took me out here to have a little fun. Yeah. And you just got a day labor. If you invite me out on your boat, you better not kill me either. That's the other thing. You better oh. not bash me in the head with an oar. I guess we can we can just get right into that. Oh, of course. So I said I had watched this movie years ago. Uh-huh. The only thing I really remembered yeah. was that the guy gets killed. Jude Law gets killed in that boat. On a little paddle boat. That's the only thing I could remember. That's what I, the only thing I really remember, too. And I thought for some reason it was the very end of the movie. So did I. Interesting, right? I think that's where you fall asleep. That's where you go, well, where do we go from here? He takes a nap in Jude Law's blood. In his arms. In his in a pool in of his, his blood, pool of his bloody saltwater blood, and it's like you're overcome with this romance. <laughs> as a as a watcher, yes, yeah, and you go to you're sleep. You're sporting a half chub. <laughs> you take a you take a nap. I mean, the music in this is like the soundscape. I mean, it is like it's very well done. Music's pretty good. He's the, got his own theme. It's very well How done. Does it go? Do you remember? Like, They're singing. Do, 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 oh no! Do, I couldn't do, for one second to. There's some sort of theme for him when he, like, every time he's on screen, not every time, but every time he's doing something Tom Ripley-ish, you hear his little, like, boop doop boop 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 No, they, it's, it's excellent. And it's, they, there's jazz woven in, and yeah. then they, they go to the piano, they go to and some all beautiful over. shots. The music, they were nominated, all that, for the soundtrack yeah. and stuff. But it puts you to sleep. It really it's has... not a, the most exciting film. It has a way of putting, movement you to, to movement. putting you to sleep, especially yeah. in the middle of the film. Yeah. It kind of starts going like, why are we doing this now? Yeah. What is this so slow here? Uh, but, you know, what you said about setting it up, the first 15 minutes, I'm just trying to keep things straight. Right. You're trying to remember these names because no. you know they're going to be important, kind of. And he's like, okay, he just pretended to be that guy. Now he's talking to this person and just pretended to be someone else right there right like yeah. because the movie just started so you're trying to keep things straight right no pun intended cuz he's gay super gay he's uh, a little queer but they that's what they would have called him back then well that's f- yeah that's the thing too cuz it's the 50s do you think a lot of gay people turned to serial killing because they couldn't openly be who they were no <laughs> i don't but maybe maybe there's well, something your to- eyes tell another story mikey <laughs> Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure there's something there. I'm sure a, a therapist or a psychologist would say, yeah, you, one. You know, there's some sort of link there about not being who you want to be. Someone in that mental health uh, field, educated there, would have a field day. Yes, breaking down Ripley. his situation there, because right. sure he's gay and he is. Even though he does. Oh no, he does. He ends up having a boyfriend. How uh, soon did you know he was gay? Um, I'm not sure. Pro- probably pretty soon, though. I mean, if not gay, you're like, this, there's something creepy. He's a little gay. <laughs> and weird. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I don't mean to say yeah. that being gay is creepy and weird, but this guy is creepy and weird yeah. and also gay. He's gay and creepy and weird. Yeah. Totally unconnected. Well, he's a sociopath. Yes. Narcissist. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene at the end, tell me good things about myself yeah. while he murders his lover with his bare hands. Right. I mean, that is some narcissistic shit right there i liked him being called out to by um uh kate blanchett's character at the end i think her name was uh meredith good job meredith he's looking out onto the sea he's like i did it i'm getting away i got it all done i'm getting away with it and he's dicky dicky she calls him like five times and you know he heard it and he's like there's no way there's no way like he doesn't turn around for a long time and then he turns around it's like 
Guess I gotta go killing again. Yep. Yeah. And it can't be her because she's got her stupid family. Stupid fucking parents are with her. Because fi- that's what I thought. I was like, he's like, she's gonna walk over to him. He's just gonna like get his arm underneath <laughs> her and just throw her right over real quick. He's getting better and better at this. Every every person he kills. Yeah. But then he just goes in and 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 never also like for one moment to maybe admit what he did and like. He, he's incapable of love. He didn't really love the boyfriend there. Like he liked him being around. He liked his ego boost. I think he liked. I think he loved Dicky before he killed. Oh him. yeah, initially. Yeah, he was and, in love with Dicky, and that's a little interesting too because his obsession with Dicky probably gave him the skills to do what he needed, like the charismatic act. Right. He was great at at um, duplicating people or whatever. Was that the right word? Yeah, he can kind of kind of mimic people. He could do great imitations, right? And that's great the, imitations. The he was thing. a quick study of people and stuff, right? Quick study. Which I want to know where these skills came from because we never learn anything about this guy. Yep. Which is obviously a choice by yeah. the director, but like we never learn what was his upbringing. How poor is he? Is he like? Has he been a con artist his whole life? Right. Or is he just suddenly using these skills that he has to, like, kind of trade his way into a better position in life? It has a little bit of the goodwill hunting, the really smart janitor at Harvard. Yeah. Where where it's like he's around affluent people, but he's Mm -hmm. not one of them trying to get in. Yeah. In that way. And this movie came out two years later. I wonder wonder if that was... For people, Matt I mean, Damon I, was on fire. Matt Damon 90s, was huh? on. Oh yeah, Matt Damon's Matt Damon's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miramax too. Mir- are they still making a lot of mo- good movies? You know, I meant to look that up. Was Miramax Harvey Weinstein? Was yes. that okay? I thought I, I thought I knew that, but I, w- I was. But I mean, look it was it all a company. It was also his brother. Yeah, who's not a creep. I think. Right. Well, you know, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Who could speak to that? Yeah. 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 If you can, write in the podcast at Netflix Book Club Podcast. On, <laughs> tell us of your stories, and we'll parlay them into future episodes yeah, of Miramax movies. Go to, go to the Instagram. Talk shit. Uh, so I'm curious what your vibe is on this. Uh, stream it or don't stream it? Oh, you don't have to stream it. You're giving it a thumbs down? Yeah, I, I don't. It's, it is... Puts you to sleep, Ooh. dude. I don't know if I could recommend to someone because it's like you're gonna go to you're gonna go to sleep. Anyone would fall asleep casually watching this. It's kind of a good thriller. Like no, it does. It, I know I said earlier it's boring at parts and it's slow moving, but like it's one of those thriller movies where all the thrillingness is just dialogue based. Mm-hmm. It's all just him lying and fooling people and watching how he does this, how he manipulates people. And it, there are some violent scenes. He violently murders, uh-huh. you know, three people. Yeah. Um, and that's there. And it is exciting, uh, but you have to really be into it. Yeah. Like you have to be really be paying attention. It's easy to fall asleep. Um, so I say thumbs down, but I, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Right. It was nominated for a whole bunch of stuff. I think you're swaying me. I think I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down, too. I don't know. Well, we, you were going to say yes? I was probably going to say yes, but again, it's one of those things where would I really suggest this movie to somebody? Like, if I was like, oh, you got to watch this? Not, for not me, really. Yeah, for me, it's not a you got to watch it. And you know what's funny is I asked a few people if they had seen this movie. Like, three different people gave me the same answer. They're like, no, I never saw it. It always looked kind of interesting, but no, I never watched it. And it's I think everybody made the right judgment. <laughs> Whereas, like, it's a little interesting. It's cool. I don't regret watching it, but I wouldn't tell somebody, like, oh, you got to watch this one. Yeah. No, there's too many other good movies out right now. It's almost like if it ended with him lying in the blood of Jude Law in that boat... As a short movie, I would have liked it better. A little forty minute, <laughs> little forty minute shorty. 
Uh, Jude Law was great. He's excellent. At he it. was great. Not to say Matt Damon wasn't. He, Everybody he, was. He good was good. It. But like Jude Law, the character, you just love him. Yeah. Um, and then he dies. Also, also, I fell asleep. Oh, then I had to go back. I had uh-huh. to rewind it to about that part in the boat. I fell asleep right. again this time yeah. when I'm watching it There's for a podcast. There's something about a dead Jude Law that just puts you right out. I, it's the music. It's okay. the music. I, I guess like it wells me right to sleep. Yeah. Um. So I had to go back and and rewatch. But so when I did that, I realized how much time was left in the movie. It's kind of long for yeah, I, the there, story it's telling. There was like more than an hour at that point, yeah. or an hour, and I'm like, oh. oh a, Probably an hour and a half, I bet. And I was just like, how? Because it's like 2.20. How is there so much more movie? Yeah. And nothing's going to move fast. Jude Law had the best exit. He's like, I'm in for the first 40 minutes, and then you're never going to see me again. And and I love I love a character dying. Yeah. And earlier on, you know, sometimes the better. But it, it didn't speed up. You no. know, it didn't, which I guess credit to the film. You know, that's what that's what they're doing. They created a, a world and you definitely can get lost in this like jazzy Italy. I didn't vi- know Italy had such a dope jazz scene. <laughs> they're obsessed with jazz in this movie. Apparently. I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman. Listen in. What a perfect asshole he was. He's, he's amazing. He shows up in this red Corvette, just parks wherever he wants. He's amazing, yeah. He's like, oh, if I'm late, imagine what her husband's thinking. Yeah. What? What does that even mean? I, un- I understood what I'm I mean. fucking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, but it was like, so it'd be like me rolling up to a party and saying that. People just look at me and be like, I don't buy it, dude. Like, no. So he smashes, uh, Ripley smashes uh, Seymour Hoffman's Freddy, yep. brains in yeah. as he walks back up the stairs after he realizes that Mark. Marta thinks yeah. Ripley the, the landlady. is Dicky. She's like, that's Dicky right there. Hey, Dicky. She so, waves. So the jig is kind of up, uh, sort of caught red-handed a bit. Yeah. He comes back in. Ripley knocks him over the head with a bust. That's his uh, special move. If this were a video game, Tom Ripley's special movie to just hit you over the head yeah. with something heavy. Finish him. Yeah. <laughs> Dunk. Not a gay thing. Not a gay thing. Cracks him over the head with this bust. Mm-hmm. One day later, maybe not even a full 24 hours, yeah. an inspector, detective, whatever Italy calls him, wise guy, wise guy. <laughs> is, is inspe- a local Gambino. He's inspecting the crime scene, and he's just inches away from that bust, the yeah. murder weapon. Yeah. Like, what? He cleaned this to what level? Yeah, sure. He ran it under the sink. I, that's like... It's a marble statue. It's got red blood on it. Very easy to clean. That's... That's your problem? Well, here's the other problem. Uh-huh. Marta was downstairs. That's my problem. Okay. Is Marta's like clearly having this exchange with Freddy where it's like, no, 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 that's him right there. I can even point him out. That's We wave to him. He walks up a staircase. Oh, you're going to go up and confront him? I'll just go about my business and assume that everything works out. And like thud, thud. Yeah. And then like thud, thud, thud. <laughs> he crashes his brains into the Yo, floor. Philip Seymour Hoffman is not a small man. For no. Matt Damon to drag his character out and prop him up in the in the convertible and shit with nobody noticing and he has a really cool line referencing the one you just quoted yeah uh where he's like imagine his husband like he flips it a little yeah, bit yeah 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 that oh. was cool now that i mean it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie i wouldn't that say was, was my bad. favorite character was the italian uh inspector, the inspector. Yeah, strong yeah, yeah. mustache on strong that guy. mustache yeah. strong silver streak of hair took no guff yep you know what i mean but he's also what did he say to him that that uh he was like he didn't ask him if he was a homosexual outright. The guy, the next inspector does that. But the, he said, the like, American hey, do you does. have any pictures of him? He's like, I don't carry pictures of my male friends. 
pretty much being like, you call me a fag? Right, right. You call me gay? Yeah, he's like, so I he's like, whoa, 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 my English, not so good. Right, right. I have a fiance. Yeah, I have that a fiance. His yeah, big yeah. out. Right, right, right. Yeah, that detective, that's the private detective, the American who comes in. And really, Ripley gets off the hook because it is the 50s. Yes. Because no one would assume homosexuality. Uh-huh. And when even when they're asking it formally, when the detective asks it, it's like this question was... Way out of line. You knew that it meant way more like yeah. than it is nowadays where it would be like they're just gathering information about how the relationship might have been. Yeah, but, just be like, was he straight or gay? Right, but in the 50s... No one today would be like, what did you ask me? Yeah, right. And then, how Exactly. He takes a beat and he's like, the no. Cops like, I'm gay. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I'm just asking. Just need to know for the paperwork. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it must have been so easy to get away with shit in the 50s, you know? Definitely. There's no fucking... Fu- Even just operating on letters. Everything. You didn't, you didn't have to learn his handwriting. You just had to learn how to sign his name. Everything was easy. Yeah. No one easy. No one was listening to a woman's word. <laughs> like, start there. She's the only one who really had yeah, it's a, like We, yeah, a we have an eyewitness, but the, there's a husband, and he's just not going to let her talk. He's like, no, no, no. That'll not, be the end of that. She's always on some crazy shit, this one. Um, so, but Ripley is a bad guy. We said it. He's a villain. Mm-hmm. He's the main guy. He gets away with everything. He kind of fails upwards. And he's going to get the money. Like, he's going to end up with... It works out for him so well. Jude Law's money yeah. in the end. And you just know, somehow, he's going to get out of the murder, the last murder, on the boat when he kills his boyfriend. Like, you just know it. I don't know. I don't know about that. I might disagree with you there. No, he's get he's getting away with it, and he's getting the money. How do you get away with it? What, do you toss him overboard? He gets away with all of them. I know he got away with all of them. If but you like, if you get away with luck though, if you get away with Philip Seymour Hoffman, you get away with anything. There's just mm. even the boat. You you there on the boat like they had it down to a pool of thirty people that yeah. rented a boat that could have been at this hotel uh-huh. that, and like just nothing. Thirty people is a lot of people. He just of. gets away. I guess it is in a way, but it's not in another way. But it's <laughs> yeah, still enough I mean, where it's it, like thirty it, people. It puts them there. Could you have know? been anybody. See, also Matt Damon and Jude Law have statures that are common. Even in 1958, I could have not not gotten away with these murders because I couldn't be like, could have been anybody. They'd be like, you are the only six foot five person walking around this island right now, right? At all, mm-hmm. you stick out like a sore thumb. And even you, you e- murdered. And them. even with Gwyneth Paltrow like screaming to high yeah. heavens, that like, no, this is like, the guy. No. I just uh, wish at one point somebody had hit Gwyneth Paltrow's character. I'm surprised they <laughs> like. All right, that's enough out of you, pal. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wouldn't have been Ripley's style. No, I mean like one of, I mean like the father, like uh, Greenleaf's dad. Someone else. Hitting yeah. her and being like, shut up, woman, my son's dead. Right. Stop trying to put it on this poor friend of his. No, they were trying to save her from the embarrassment of right. the pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which, that whole little story, I still like Jude Law. <laughs> like, that's a terrible thing that happened there, where he impregnated this other woman, she's dead. I just don't understand why he's impregnating this... Uh, fruit market saleswoman in town where he's got fucking Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> wrapped around his finger. It's like, he's a, he's a playboy. Philant- yeah, you know, but you, don't out, you don't go out for burger when you got steak at home, Tui. Oh, this guy does. This guy loves hamburger. This guy was hitting, <laughs> <laughs> this guy was hitting on the waitress seconds after right. she would walk away. He That's was, true. He was hitting on everybody. I didn't like him having sex with her below deck. That was the one thing I was with Ripley on. He's like, you made us listen to that. I'm like, even if I'm your straight friend, it's like, yeah, I don't want to hear you banging your girlfriend fucking right underneath, but we're on a boat. I can't even go to the next room. There's nowhere to go. It was a good scene, though, with Seymour Hoffman being like, how's peeping, Tom? Yeah. How's peeping, 
Tom. And then he's like, Tom, 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 Tom. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's fucking crazy too, dude. This guy's trying to murder uh, murder people as well. Yeah, that's that's kind of Philip C- Seymour Hoffman's like thing. Doesn't, I got psyched to see him. Doesn't have to be in a movie for that long nope. to make impactful scenes. Big impact, right? yeah. I was I was very excited when it was him who came out, who hopped out of the convertible. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was in this movie. Yeah, and then yeah, when he goes over and he's like, this isn't... This isn't uh, Dickie's house. None of this is. None of this says Dickie. Right. That's good. Much more gay than Dickie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was like the, you know, good tension. Yeah. And then, you know, but that that whole thing, just to be able to murder the guy and have Marta in the house. And it just, that's so crazy. The the blood would have been everywhere. Yeah, the blood would have been everywhere. Forget about just the bust. And the bust had like hair in a way that I was just like, how are you going to clean that? I just don't. Because the nose got broken off, right? The nose. Did the nose of the bust get broken off? Right. Yeah, the nose is intact. So it wasn't this like whatever was made out of it could crack enough. At least that delicate part of it could. It just there's I guess there's no blood sampling. It's the 50s. It's the 50s. Also, like I listen, if he can clear all the blood off the hardwood floor he can clear it off the bust you know what i mean but uh, yeah i just don't buy that he could but there should be without marta finding it there should be a few garbage bags filled with like towels or you know cloths that are covered in blood they do gloss over cleaning even for the 50s they give him a real easy out every time he kills somebody how come he was able to sink the boat all right so he sinks the boat with rocks yeah which they later say they found they find the boat but they don't find the body of jude law do they not find the body they never found his body i don't think huh Freddie's body was found right away, which he, Ripley asked. He's like, who who found him? <laughs> like, right, right. This just happened 14 hours ago. Who found him? But that's that's how I know he got... He would eventually get away with the murder of his boyfriend at the end because they just don't yeah. get bogged down on those details. Ripley gets away with it and gets more money. This is the story of Ripper, right. Ripley. He's every, he can do everything. He'll be alone forever, but he can get away with the shit. He'll never actually be part of the bourgeoisie, though. Right, right. Which is all he wants pretty... I mean... You ever brushed brushed elbows with some rich people? You ever have rich friends growing up or anything? Get invited somewhere where you were clearly the uh, middle to lower class guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I went to a party, a holiday party. How many people did you kill? <laughs> <laughs> and the 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 host, the, uh, the guy who owned the place, but I was, you know, hanging out with one of the kids uh-huh. of theirs. And he goes, and he pointed at me and my buddy who were invited, and he goes, oh, oh these guys, the professional partiers. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> That's how he referred to us as. Uh-huh. Yeah, because, you know, we're playing beer pong, just hanging out, right, whatever, right. being happy to be invited to this, like, very nice. He comes by with his monocle. He's like, what do you call this game? You're like, it's beer pong, bro. <laughs> Grab a cup. Grab a ball. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I've, I, I guess so, you know. Whenever I've done, like, private gigs as a comedian, mm-hmm. I have such a hard time not feeling like I stick out like a sore thumb as the broke person being what, at one of these events. What's up, rich people? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> what's up, rich people. Like, yeah. And even if even if they're not viewing me that way, it's just I feel like I wear it. It's just right there on my arm where I'm like, I'm broke. I'm not used to being around wealth, and I'm going to address it immediately and co- constantly. Yep. On the other hand, I've been in a not like not like crazy money, but even like growing up, like one of my best friends was a uh, an only child, and his dad was in like a was in business for himself and did very well. Mm-hmm. And like when he'd pay for stuff, I'd always feel just not bloodlust, not like <laughs> to kill people about this or to keep this sort of a um, this style of living going, but. There is, there's a line that Gwyneth Paltrow said, or not Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Blanchett's character, mm-hmm. Meredith, she says, uh, 
only when you've grown up accustomed to money and hating it the way I know we do, which I thought was a weird line. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, we're only comfortable around other people right. like that. And it's kind of bullshit, but I also kind of get it. Where it's oh, like, I totally get it. You know what I mean? It's like how famous people are more comfortable around other famous people because they just they have similar lives or more similar lives than we do to them. No, you see it all the time. Rich kids, and they're miserable. Mm -hmm. They're miserable. The money doesn't... Yeah. You know, money helps to a point, and, right. then, and then it hurts. Yeah. I wonder, too, it's like, if you're really born that rich where you're... Your father is a shipping magnate, mm -hmm. and you can just fuck off to Italy yeah. for years on end, just kind of on your allowance, getting by on your allowance and sailing and shit. Right. It's like, what's the aspiration? What do you want to do? Yeah. This guy likes, maybe I'll play uh, saxophone. Maybe I'll play uh, the drums. It's like, oh, you don't really have any end goal. You're just floating around taking interest in things. Yeah, his reality is, you know, that of a person with very little accountability. Yeah. When you have that type of money... Yeah, you can kind of get out of things. A lot um, of the a lot of the movie reminded me of. Uh, have you read much Hemingway, Michael? <laughs> I've read a little bit. Right. Yeah, every Hemingway I read is like it's like we're lounging in Europe, drinking all day until something terrible happens, <laughs> and that's what this felt like a lot. It's a lot of like every time someone shows up somewhere, it's like I'll make the drinks, and it's like okay, yeah, is that what we you know we don't have to drink we. <laughs> we do this every day, everywhere we go. But it was also the fifties. You're always making a drink for You're somebody. Always making a drink for somebody. Yeah, it's you know the glamorization of that. Like I do like that in movies. It just feels good because in reality, it's like that person would be a fall down drunk. Like, every time I come over you here, you offer me a cocktail. I wish I could live life like that, dude. But my I'd, yeah. my head, my hangovers, like real life, like it just doesn't. You can't be drunk all the time. No. Not anymore. Not in the 2020s. Yeah. But in the 50s, for sure. Right. But you could be on, like, Zoloft and whatever other That's a good point. Pills. Yeah, you could be floating through life in a different way. <laughs> yeah, they just, right. they're just not, you know, not doing booze the same way. Yeah. But I, I, I remember now, I was on a little sailboat when I was uh, in high school. Mm -hmm. Probably not even 18. Two guys and me. Three guys. What were you doing on a sailboat? The guy had a sailboat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so it was my my buddy. It was his friend. Okay. So I didn't really know that the guy who actually owned it that well. And it was a little boat. It was a little sailboat. And we're taking it out. And it wasn't exactly clear if he was allowed to. But, I, you know, and I was this kid, too. Like, I was, you know, I didn't break too many rules at the, yet at this point in my life. I All was right. like 16. Yeah. And I was just like, you were allowed to take this? You know, and he's like, yeah, this is my boat. Like he he was making it the distinction. Like you were his mom. He's like, this is mine. Well, they were just like it, that. It wasn't his dad. Like his dad also has boat. Uh huh. But, but this, this is, is his boat. boat. And I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. That all right. And my buddy, the one you know that I was friends with, was a lifeguard. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, down in uh, Long Island. So I'm like the full aquatic spectrum. I was like, all right, he's a lifeguard. Yeah. What they, this guy must own a boat. This is just the way it is. You're drunk. Man, maybe not even. <laughs> As a lifeguard, this guy owns a boat. I'm hammered. Maybe What's not. I was 16. Maybe we had a six pack between us. Okay. Maybe. And we go out, and we don't go that far. I mean, he knows what he's doing though. <laughs> under a half hour. Uh huh. And we run aground. You run aground. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but you're like out in the middle of. We didn't get that far. Like, so you're near the shore. We're literally we're just in this little inlet, like uh -huh. not that far. Yeah. Just stuck in the ground. <laughs> that sucks. It was so shallow. And whatever he did, he tried to take a path that obviously shouldn't he shouldn't have. I know. I got it. Hold on. <laughs> so we're and we're it's so shallow. The boat yeah. is stuck in the ground. We're, you can see the mud. We're out of the boat. 
trying to trying push, to push it, it out. It's we've we, we've done everything Listen, wrong to get it a further. Car that's broken down is bad enough. You ever try to push a boat that's gone ground? And like I don't, at that point in my life, I mean, I'd been on a jet ski, I'd been on a couple yeah. of boats. Not You're ready a, to pull a Dennis Rooney. You're like you invite me out here for a day <laughs> in the sand and the water. I'm pushing your boat. <laughs> Uh, so we're out. We're trying to get it. We can't get it out. He has to call a sea tow, oh, which is no. what they call a tow. Those cost a lot of money, too, right? Oh, he's like trying to figure out every which way to do this without letting his father know. Right. And he keeps throwing out how much a sea tow is. You guys don't understand. <laughs> which I don't know if it's a thousand. I bet it's close. It maybe a thousand, a thousand bucks. bucks. I don't recall what the number was. I mean, I'm also sure it depends on where you got to get towed to, but. Which it couldn't have been far. Like, yeah. I think we. I think also you just had to get towed out. Like, we're just right. in the ground. It's oh. a sailboat. But then what if you got to call him 20 minutes later? Be like, yeah, the waves pushed <laughs> us right back to where we were. So anyway, we ended up calling that seat. We didn't do much on that boat. And that guy uh, was smiling when he pulled up, huh? You boys uh, stuck? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, it was that like, yeah, yeah no, the way he was, uh, the way the kid was welcoming the seat was uh-huh. immediately like, yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, you you fucking, see what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, immediately just like I'm an idiot. Right, right. You, you just know, gotta own that. I'm an idiot. Exactly. We could. We were so. You could get out and walk to shore. Right. We were so sure. Oh God. <laughs> stuck in a boat. So that that is a sailboat story that uh, I never think about. It's just like one of those things that happened. It's you're a kid, and yeah. it's like, well, that didn't work out. There goes my five hours that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your life goes on. Like I probably Dude. didn't even tell my parents that night. Right. I got How was home. your day? Sucked. Yeah. I got stuck on a sailboat was, in ground. It's like, in ground? It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I wouldn't even said it. Just Your like, friend didn't know what he was doing? I guess not. Right, well, I was hanging out with John. Okay, right. go to my room. <laughs> no details. How come you're soaked in sweat and sand and you smell like shit? It smells like you were <laughs> pushing a boat for the last five hours. I was actually pulling, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that's, so there's the sailboat. I've never been on a sailboat. Never been. No, I kind of don't have an interest... When it's unless go- it's a big sailboat, when it's I guess. going, it's when fun. it's actually going, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, and you do feel like you're doing things. Like when they have to switch the sail to one side from the other side, right. you got to like duck under the thing, or maybe you're pulling a rope. Maybe I'd love maybe it. Maybe you're like cranking the there's a, there's a cranker. These yeah. are technical sailboat terms. Uh-huh. There's the rope, the cranker, the cranker. Yeah, and you're cranking the along. Sail. Isn't it like a, a spatchcock or something? Or am I thinking of badminton? <laughs> <laughs> I think spatchcock is a is a boating uh, term. A shuttlecock. Shuttle no shuttlecock is for That's sure badminton. badminton. I think spatchcock. All right, we'll look it up. Sounds uh, like a sounds like a Tom Ripley special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't touch that. The spatchcock <laughs> was there earlier. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> the guy over the head. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun movie, I suppose. So you liked it more than I did. It seems I liked the idea of it. More, I guess. I don't know. I did enjoy watching it, but it was certainly towards the end, the last half hour, I'm going, how much more is there to this? Yeah. And also, it is one of those movies where you like every time you think the ending is coming. Right. It's like, nope, here's a little bit more. Here's a little bit more. Here's a... Even at the end, it's like you could they could keep the movie going. That could have happened in the middle of the film. Yep. And they would have just kept going with it. And the... like you said, he gets away with everything. That final scene breaks out like the screen breaks out into these slivers yes, of light we were introduced to it was it. the same way the film started and you realize oh this was at the end of I the like film that. very cool i like that very yeah. cool stylish the one thing that i didn't like as far as the style of this movie which there's a lot of was at one point they moved the camera I, in a full dude, spiral when they did that i thought of you and i said mike's not gonna like this that's so funny did you really i absolutely did because it's a very sam raimi-esque shot okay and we've talked about him before the guy who did evil dead he 
He's done. Uh, he did Spider Man Two. Okay, and it's like that's his thing. Sometimes is like getting the camera to like move a lot and then be right up in your face. And we've talked about it before. You don't like that. That I didn't like. No, yeah, like it that. was like what I didn't really like that shot either. It kind of made me woozy. Yes, yeah. and it was like we're going around, and I'm like, oh, we're doing the full circle here, and then again, like yeah. spiraling in. I'm like, but they didn't abuse it though. That's the only shot in the film the, that really does that. It was the only time in the film, and it kind of shows how he's spiraling into further to- insanity totally it may it literally makes you feel a little bit like my head hurts yeah yeah which it, and it's it, only like a 15 second shot and it fits in with the film but yeah, yeah it definitely was uh it was super impactful i didn't like damon's abs in this film made me uncomfortable he every time he got super un- skinny undressed he was yeah he was super skinny he's like sickly skinny he's cut but that when I saw that, I said, "Oh, he is gay." That's when I knew. That's him. when you knew he was gay. You're like, "Look at the whole thing." You well, he's like, he's like not the, six abs, but eight. That's right. gay. That's, that's the, a gay stomach. That's gay skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like that little bit extra. That's the thing though. Is Ripley could have just taken that thousand dollars, fucked off to Spain where the gay culture is more thriving, <laughs> and just had a, the summer of his life. No, because that's really not the story of him. The story of him is is like more sinister. Yeah, I guess it's so. not really a. You know, and but there are some times like he's literally saying things about like being in a closet, so to speak. Yeah. And hiding a life that isn't the basement, the dungeon, as he says. Yeah, oh, there's right. Right. And he talks about the, nobody can get. Yeah. The key. So, you know, the, uh, there's definitely those undertones, overtones, yeah. whatever that come through. But it's not necessarily it's not a love story. You ever been locked in a basement before? Um, locked in a basement. My cousin on more than one occasion when I was very young, like. Seven years old, uh-huh. locked me in the basement with the lights off. Oh my god! Pounding on the door, let me out of here! Let me out of here! And yeah, on the other side, just laughing. <laughs> and then I bring it up to him in my twenties, and he's like, "You need to get over that." I'm like, "I'm fine. I'm over it, but that's fucked up. You shouldn't have done that." <laughs> yeah. And now if he ever hears this, he'll be like, "This fucking guy's 33, still talking about this." <laughs> well, it's one of my earliest memories. It's <laughs> being. Stuck in a unlit basement that wasn't even my house's basement. Oh, my a, God. Yeah. With a tub full of water and Tom Ripley. Oh, my God. Just sit. Play, wanna, wanna, I could have been Ripley. Want to play some chess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this dude, first of all, Jude Law kind of, they're playing chess with Jude Law in the tub. And Tom Ripley asks if he can get in. And Jude Law is like, no, you fucking he weirdo f- homo. He finally. hmm Draws the line. Draws the line. Because before then... this male bonding thing. Yeah, and even after that point, you know, he eventually is like, I think we're done hanging out. But, like, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't meet it with any aggression. And sure. he's not overtly upset at him. And for the times, especially, that's really showing, I guess, how, like, Jude Law was uh, unconventional, completely arist... arist- what is the word? Aristocracy? European? <laughs> European. But just like the global elite person. Yeah, global he's elite. He's not, not, none of that thing. He's not self They're above at that. All. They're yes, above that. He's yes. living his life as this, you know. But um, if I offer, if I extended an invitation to you, do you want to go play chess while I'm in the tub naked? You'd probably be like, no. How big's the tub? <laughs> <laughs> and are you going to put the board where my cock and balls would be tastefully so I don't have to, you know, they're not glaring right back at me. You know that I know they're there, but it's not. I don't even have. There's not even tub. There's not even a room for a tub in my <laughs> bathroom. My bathroom is so small, you couldn't fit a tub in it. 
Mike, you mind if I bathe in your sink for a short while? Maybe we yeah. can play a game of uh, Yahtzee. <laughs> Parcheesy while I take a bird Parcheesy bath. Parcheesy while I... Yeah, and uh, I don't know. There's yeah, a couple moments where it's like, I don't know, Jude, you're pretty gay too, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing some gay things yourself there, fucking... Well, if it wasn't for all the sex with women he was having. Yeah, you would be like, this guy's which gay. Which seems like a lot. Yeah, it maybe he was like... having all that sex to hide his homosexuality. Uh, no, it didn't seem like it. You don't think so? I don't... I mean, because... Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman comes off a little bit weird, too. Yeah. I mean, weird in their relationship. This is about three gay dudes they, who they just can't come to grips. So obsessed with, with each other. Sexuality. But that's what I mean. No, it's not. No, it's, it's about not. him being a psychopath. Uh-huh. I mean, he literally murders people. He claims to be uh, Dickie Greenleaf before there's ever this, like... Because uh, when he gets off the ship just going to Italy, mm-hmm. he meets Meredith. Yeah. Who I think he recognizes as like she's of wealth. Yeah. Or once she starts talking to him, she's like, I- I'm of wealth. And he claims to be very quickly. He's like, Oh, well, I'm Dickie Greenleaf of the Greenleaf. And she's like, Of the Greenleaf? She's like, Well, I'm trying, you know, to keep it on the low, but right. yeah, that's me. But that's the only time he pretends to be Dickie until post murdering Dickie mm-hmm. when he goes back to the hotel to get his stuff. And they're like, You're Dickie Greenleaf, right? And then he does this long pause. Which would be very telling. <laughs> if I asked someone like, hey, you're Mike Tui, right? And you went... Uh, uh, Tina uh, from uh, Bob's Burgers. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I'd be like, oh, maybe you're not, actually. Right. Anyone else would be like, yeah, that's yeah, me. Right, right, right away. Of course. So even though he's already pretended to be him, <laughs> there's this huge moment of like, should I try to be him forever? Right. And then he dives right in. That's that's telling of this movie too. It's like remember that long pause. It's like yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of a that. lot of long pauses. A lot of what? What is that meaningful look? You ever like lied to to be somebody else or just to kind of? You ever pull any little cons yourself, a little con artistry? That was never really my style. But I had like like bachelor parties and uh-huh. we're out in just say a place. I went to a lot of them. Like, oh, you're not Mike Two anymore. Like, no, you're Rich no, Dickinson. No, no, no. <laughs> like Nashville or something. Let's just say no. And like some other guys in the group would be like, "All right, what's the story?" And just like make up shit. Uh-huh. And not even in the not even in like the let's lie to girls to get laid. Uh-huh. Although it's probably that's probably the under bit of that that's the it. underlying theme, but it's more like just let's be we're what's drunk. Our routine? Let's, let's drunk yeah. be dumb. Um, but even in those circumstances, I might like just reluctantly play along. Like I wouldn't blow anyone's cover, sure, if they were pretending to be you know right. Irish brothers from Ireland for no good reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't blow anyone's cover, but it was that was never my. I was I've, never leading that. I've shit. heard that one before, where it's like I've been at some pub in the city with like friends, and one of them goes. Oh, I'm going to talk in an Irish accent to this bartender. This way we get better service. And I'm just like, they don't care, dude. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. No, but it's, And if they detect that you're faking it, then they're like, what a fucking loser. Right. Now you're a, you're, yeah. you're a crazy person. What are you person. hoping to get out of this? You are a crazy person. Yeah, you're a crazy person. But people do that. I mean, that's the whole appeal of a place like Vegas or something. You can be anyone you want to be. You know, it's uh, it wasn't for me. I never did. I've always like told I said. the truth in these situations. I just, I'm like George Costanza in that episode. <laughs> I'm like, my name is Dennis. I'm 33. I'm overweight. I drink too much alcohol and I'm broke. I got my How wife's my life savings on red. Yeah, my life savings <laughs> in my pocket. And if I lose it tonight, it's gonna be a long weekend. Yeah. That's my bus fare. I never been to Vegas. Really? Yeah. I've been I've, I've been, been to Atlantic City once and it was with you. Hey. Boring. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Vegas is Vegas is hot. Yeah, that's I guess that's why I don't want to go. Vegas is hot. Yeah, it's hot now. It's hot in Brooklyn. But it's kind of cool. 
To be in Vegas? Yeah, yeah Vegas. Like if Vegas. I had it's money, cool. I'm sure I'd enjoy it to a degree. And you can go, there's places you can go out and like shoot bazookas. Like you can just go shoot massive guns at a place. I don't really have a desire No desire. Yeah. Not for the price. Because I know it's like, I think I, I've had friends or one of my brothers went to Vegas and went to one of those places where it's like, you can find fire a 50 cal sniper rifle. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, but it's $30 a bullet. And I'm like, well, then I don't want to do it. Oh, really? If I can't just like... Fire 15 rounds without being, you know. Yeah. I'm too broke. I'm too broke to enjoy myself. Right, right. You know there, I mean? there you go. Even if I go somewhere and it's like, all right, I have $600 for the weekend. If I lose that 600 throughout the whole weekend, I'm like, oh my God, I spent all my money. Sure. Even though that was set aside to be lost. Yeah, I understand. There's you something know? appealing though. Like I, I would like to shoot a grenade launcher at a pickup truck. <laughs> you know? I guess I would like that. <laughs> when you put it like that. When you're freezing it, that you get to blow up a truck. That's because I'm just imagining like firing it into like a dirt hill, right? You know, at the end of the range <laughs> and seeing it explode. I'd be like, all right, I guess that was cool. Yeah, no, I think there's like you can go and shoot it like just old broken down shit. Honestly, it's a desert. You give me like a case of beer and like a BB gun and a fence. <laughs> I'll probably have just as much fun doing that, just shooting empty cans or bottles tink. off a of fucking yeah, tink, tink. yeah, tink. or like blasting glass or something. Dennis Rooney, folks, he's a cheap date. I am a cheap date. I'm a cheap bastard. Apparently, <laughs> I have no money. I get why Ripley would do that, but I, I don't. I don't have the skills to, uh, you know, charm my way into the uh, upper elite, the upper echelon of society. So, if you have two hours and twenty minutes to take this road, to take this little uh, watch the first two episodes of Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't say that that show's great yet. I've only watched three episodes, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. But we don't cover series on this show, so I'll edit this out. Okay, good. All right. Sorry, Mike. Mike's be, shooting daggers it'll with be his the eyes at me. <laughs> How dare you talk about television series? Well, I guess we'll start editing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even get the goddamn end clips in. You notice that they've added a double thumbs up to their rating system? Oh, I'm just right now as yeah, I see it on the screen. Yeah, thumbs down, thumbs up, and a double thumbs up. Oh, love this. Love this. Okay, I like it. I love this. Should we start doing a three-tier policy? Like it, Not love for me, this. like it, love it? Not for me. I'd give it a like it. I wouldn't give it a love it. Hmm. I, it literally, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not for you. Um, I don't think it's really for anybody. Like, anyone who walks out of this... Who, I wonder if gay people don't like this, the portrayal. Why Why not? has he got to be gay? Well, I think I think if anything, they made the bad guy gay, and he's the main character. It's almost like progress, like it's almost in front of it. True, rather than backwards. Is he gay in the books? I wonder. So I, I just you know I looked it up because I looked yeah. up the rating for. Uh, what, what do you think the rating is? By the way, I think I saw it. I was uh, gonna lie right it's, now. It's very it's, high. I was gonna say like eighty four. Yeah, I believe that's exactly yeah, yeah. What it is. on the nose, right? I think eighty four. Yeah, should have lied. Should have taken um, a note out of Mister Ripley's number. <laughs> Should have Mr. Ripley to page out of his Tom Dickey. When he does Freddy. the dad's voice up front, that was pretty cool. The, that the, was cool. The whole beginning of this movie was really see, exciting. We never see him implement that, though. It's like I feel like him doing everyone's voice, especially uh, Dickey's voice. I expected him to at one point be on the other side of a door, and then she's on the other side of the door, and he's talking as him. Never happens. That scene... It's almost like Chekhov's gun. We that never scene see it go does off. happen, where she is on the other side of the door, but talking. He, yeah. She sees the shadow, but she lets him off the hook. Yeah. If she, if she demanded to get in that room, the jig is up. Right. Everybody, every time you think Ripley's caught 
someone hands him like an ace in the hole. Yep. You know what I mean? Even the American detective. The American detective who you assume, the way he's acting and everything we're going to take, I'm going to take the daughter for a, not the daughter, but the girlfriend for a walk. You know, Detective McCarran has to talk to you. You're like, oh, here it comes. It's like, we got him. And he immediately is like, can't believe anybody would think you would do this. Right. Guy had a history of violence. He had a pregnant lady in Italy. There's a lot of stories we want to keep. Yeah, from the uh, from the lady here. Here's she does, she money for being a good boy. She doesn't need to know. Yeah, and uh, it was clear in that note that there is a message here for you, and there was a friendship. And he wrote the fucking yeah. note. Yeah, he wrote the fucking note. But it's a good lesson where uh, unless you know, until you are a thousand percent sure you're caught, what do you do, Mike? Why? No. Well, yeah, but <laughs> but you keep your mouth shut. Oh, you know sure, I mean? sure. It's like in the Batman movie. Spoilers. The new Batman movie, when it, you've seen it, right? Yeah, the, the Batman. The Batman, yeah. the new one. Yes, I have. Where he goes and uh, Riddler's in there and Riddler starts going, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Now, Batman, if he was like, oh my God, how do you know? It's like, <laughs> Riddler would be like, what? But he's just quiet. And then eventually Riddler gives it up where it's like, we almost had that Bruce Wayne. Batman's like, yeah, we did. That was close. Right. Phew. Yeah, just keep your mouth shut until you're absolutely begged. <laughs> And then lie. And then lie through your teeth. Lie through your teeth. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> anything else we want to add? Uh, this is another movie based on a book. Yes, it is. Because it's the Netflix book club. Yeah, we only do movies that are based on books or movies not based on books. That's pretty big pool. It's the one. <laughs> it's the one-two punch. <laughs> That's what the algorithm told us to do. It was like, do these movies or other movies? I said, thank you, algorithm. Thank you, algorithm. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Dennis Rooney Seven. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Netflix Book Club Podcast. Mike, where can they find you? Underscore. It's shift and then the dash. I bring that dash down to the floor. Oh. Underscore Mike Tui. Instagram and all those other places. Thanks for listening. Not a gay thing.